Hey there, welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast where we believe style can be easy and getting dressed should be fun. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackie Mary, and today's episode, we are kicking off two episodes all about my favorite topic, bras. Today, I'm going to be using words for the things that go in the bras a lot. So if you're listening at work, you might want to put on some headphones, or if those aren't words you want your kids to hear, maybe listen later. You have been warned officially. Okay. If you followed me for more than like five minutes, it may shock you that it took me until episode 32 to talk about bras. I am so passionate about getting women into better bras. So if you're surprised that I haven't talked about it until now, you and me both, girl. Here's what happened. I reached out to a bra expert who happens to be a little famous, who I really admire, and I asked her to be a visiting professor in the Everyday Style School. Her assistant got back to me in like an hour and said, yes, she would love to be on your show. So I sent a scheduling link right away and crickets. I sent an email and more crickets and so on and so on and so on. I gave it my best shot, but it wasn't meant to be. So then I searched for someone else that I wanted to have on the show and I just wasn't really feeling anybody. And then a friend of mine said, why don't you just do it yourself? This is not a topic you need an expert for. So here we are finally digging in in episode 32. And while I will say that I do have a lot of bra knowledge, I have fit a lot of boobs, there is no substitute for being fit by an expert in the bra you actually intend to buy. So as always, Use this show as a starting point and foundational knowledge, and then get out and apply it in the real world, this time with a hands-on expert. Also, I want to say hello to all the husbands out there who listen to the show with their wives. Hi, guys. Settle in. It's going to be a really informational month for you. For the next two full episodes of the Everyday Style School, we're talking about bras. By the end of the month, you will know more about bras than you ever knew there was to know. You're going to discover that your boobs aren't weird and you're not the only one who struggles with bra challenges. And frankly, they don't have to be uncomfortable, miserable things. In this episode, we're going to be covering the importance of good bras and proper fittings, as well as some bra vocabulary. We're also going to dive into sizing, which is where most women get it wrong, and frankly, which causes almost all bra issues. And we're also going to share a few signs that your bra doesn't fit well. Next time, we're going to be talking about the different kinds of bras there are out there, building a good bra wardrobe, taking care of your investment, and I'll be touching a little bit on specialty bras like nursing and mastectomy bras. Finally, in next episode, I'm going to be answering some bra questions that were posted in the Everyday Style Lounge that just didn't get answered or didn't fit elsewhere in the episodes. Before we get started, though, your homework from our last full episode was to do one thing, just one, to bust out of your limiting belief that you can't have a wardrobe you love until you have a body you love. I have gotten such great feedback from that episode, and I'm thrilled to hear how much it challenged you. So I would love to hear your thoughts and what you are doing in the Everyday Style Lounge. And if you haven't done it yet, there is no time like the present. All right, let's kick things off, as we always do, with lessons from Linda. I'm going to share a Linda story that relates to the theme of the show again today. I normally like to mix things up, but this story fits so well here that I just have to talk about it. Next episode, I promise it will not be bra related. So this Linda reached out to me because she just wanted help with her closet and shopping. Honestly, there's nothing unusual about that part of the story at all. But here's where it took a turn. 
I require all clients I work with to get a bra fitting before we work together, and I'll explain why in the takeaways. Clients fight me on this more than anything else, and in the end, everyone, almost everyone, has said they wish they had done it sooner, but this is the one thing they say, I don't want to do that. I have bras. I get more pushback on requiring women to get a bra fitting than anything else. Anyway, at Linda's house, she was trying on tops, like what normally happens during a closet edit, but every time she took off her shirt, her bra came flying off with it. Now, I have seen some stuff in my days as a stylist. I have even had to cut a client out of her underwear after it got caught in a zipper, which is a story for another day. So I'm used to seeing clients in next to nothing. It's not at all weird for me, but this took it to a whole new level. It was full exposure every single time she tried on a new top. This bra just could not stay on her body. It was like there was a magical force repelling it. I asked her, I said, Linda, did you go get a bra fitting? And she said she did. And this was one of her new bras. She was so proud of it. And I asked her where she went and she named that store in the mall. You know, the one where that lady has that secret. You know, the one I'm talking about. I asked what size they put her in and she said 36 double D. And in an instant, I understood the problem. You see, this Linda was tiny. Size zeros were often a little bit too big for her. So there's no way she wore a 36 band. I said, I think you're closer to a 30H or a 32G. And she said, no way, that's a porn star size. And she said she would not buy a bra that size. I asked her to trust me. And when we went shopping, we went to a different store. We started our shopping trip with a bra fitting before we ever got started, and sure enough, she ended up being a 32G, which stayed on her body the entire shopping trip, I am happy to report. She told me later it was the only comfortable bra she had ever worn, and she went back and bought a bunch more after we were done that day. I'm going to explain a lot of what happened here with this Linda during the episode that applies to all women, but for now, there are just a couple of lessons to take away from Linda's story. First... Even though Linda's initial bra fitting wasn't a success, before you upgrade your wardrobe, you need to get your bra game right. They're called foundations for a reason. They are the foundation of your wardrobe. Think of any show on HGTV that's focused on doing remodels. Nine times out of 10, especially in those old houses, they find an issue with the foundation. And never, ever do they just move on and say, eh, it's not important. Let's spend money on pretty kitchen cabinets instead. No, they stop and they fix the foundation and allocate the money necessary to do the job right. It's the same thing with your wardrobe. Don't worry about pretty finishings when your foundation is a mess. I get that it's not fun money to spend. You don't want to do that. But the right bra makes everything you own look better and look more expensive. I don't think I own any tops that cost more than my bras. A $20 top over an $80 bra looks a whole lot better than an $80 top over a $20 bra. Buying the more expensive bra and investing in your foundations is the right answer every single time. The second thing I want you to take away from this Linda story is that your boobs are the size they are, whether you put the right size bra on them or not. There's no, and I don't know this for sure because I'm not an expert, but there is no regulation porn star band or cup size. And again, while I'm not an expert on the subject, I'm pretty sure adult film stars don't fit in the sizes sold at Nordstrom. 
As a bra fitter, I have heard so many women say, I don't want to be an F cup or I can't be a 40. Or frankly, they just avoid bra fittings altogether because they don't want to face the size on the tag. Just like our last episode, women tie self-worth to size, which makes no sense. You have very little control over the size of your breasts. As somebody who had a breast reduction at age 20, I know this from the bottom of my heart. There is nothing I could have done to control the size of those girls. I also know that I struggled with self-image and clothing issues because of the size of my breasts, and I truly believe that A bra that fit me well would have made me look and feel so much better. By the way, this is a topic that I am completely open about. So if you've got questions about breast reductions, my experience, whether it might be right for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm an open book. But my point here is a bra that fits you well is a better choice than a bra that doesn't fit but has numbers and letters that feel good to you. By the end of the episode, you'll understand what happened with Linda's fitting. But for now, let's move on to the word of the week. Today's vocabulary word is crocking, and it has nothing to do with bras. It is crocking, C-R-O-C-K-I-N-G. Crocking is the technical term for what happens when indigo dye, usually from denim, transfers to other fabrics or surfaces due to rubbing or contact. If you've ever had jeans stain your shirt or a chair or your underwear, you have experienced crocking. Crocking usually happens to new denim or raw denim that hasn't been washed, but as some of you know, you can get a pair of jeans that keeps on crocking for years. The first thing you should know is how to tell if a fabric is prone to crocking. The best way to do this, even at the store, is take a piece of paper, and actually thermal receipt paper works best, and rub it quickly against the fabric for just a couple of seconds. If there is dye on the paper, you've got a crocker. You can decide if you want to buy that pair of jeans and deal with it or if you want to leave them in the store. Now, if you bought a pair of jeans and you brought them home without checking first, the best thing to do is soak your denim in cold water and wash them a few times before wearing. You can also try soaking in cold water with a cup of white vinegar and a cup of salt for a couple of hours before washing, but this is sort of an older technique that doesn't work on a lot of the new dyes that are being used and a lot of the new fabrics that are being used in denim. So you can try it. It may give you success. I don't know. If you have a pair of jeans that keeps on crocking, even after being washed a few times, you can try soaking and washing them in cold water for a couple of hours and then hanging them to dry. Once they're fully dry, iron them on the hottest setting noted on the care tag. Don't go beyond that because you can burn the fabric, but this can help heat set the dye. I hope this helps solve one of denim's more annoying issues. And remember to always wash your denim inside out on cold water to prevent color transfer. Let's head over to current events. In the interest of time, because today's style lecture is going to be a long one, I just want to highlight a topic that's very much in the news right now, and then I'm going to link to a few articles in the show notes. You can find those at youreverydaystyle.com slash episode 32 if you want to read more about this. All of the trade publications I subscribe to have been talking about one thing over the last week or so, and that's the coronavirus. Obviously, the biggest concern is for human life, and we are all wishing and hoping for a quick containment and resolution, but the impact of the virus on industry is really substantial. And if you've checked your clothing labels lately, you know that a big industry in China is the fashion industry. 
the majority of apparel imported to the United States still comes from China, even though we're starting to see other countries. And the virus is keeping both textile and apparel factories closed and disrupting air cargo shipments, which could have an impact on upcoming seasons and deliverability. So what most of the articles that I've been reading have said is that we're really a couple of weeks out from knowing how and even if this will directly affect U.S. retail, but we could see disruptions in new merchandise schedules, fewer sales on clothing and footwear, and more limited inventory. Like I said, I will link to a couple articles in the show notes if you want to read more about this in depth, and I will certainly keep you posted if there's anything notable to report. In the meantime, we hope this gets under control quickly for everyone affected. When we come back, we're going to talk about why good bras are so important, some tips on fitting, and signs your bra doesn't fit well. At Everyday Style, we are hard at work on the spring capsule guide and a brand new all-access membership I am so excited to announce. Starting March 1st, annual members will get four seasonal capsule guides just like always, but now you're going to get so much more. You're going to have access to all of my master classes, like how to find the perfect pair of jeans, how to find your best colors, how to discover your personal style, and more. You'll also get access to the member community with weekly Q&A sessions where I answer all of your style questions. We do monthly wardrobe challenges, and you get so much inspiration and advice from your fellow style sisters in the group. The annual membership is your one-stop style resource to make style easy and getting dressed fun so you can love the way you look every single day. Get on my email list now so you know when the membership site goes live. Head over to the show notes at youreverydaystyle.com slash episode 32 and sign up for the free mini capsule guide. That'll get you on the list so you'll be notified as soon as the member site is ready. And now back to the show. All right. Are you ready to talk about bras? I sure am. Today, we're going to focus on some bra basics, like the parts of a bra and the importance of good fitting. A lot of women I've talked with over the years thought that there just wasn't much to bras. You just went to the store, picked up your size, the same size you've always been, and then you just suffer through the discomfort of digging wires and slipping straps and back fat. Everyone likes to talk about back fat. It doesn't have to be this way. And by spending some time learning about this oddly technical little garment, you're going to look and feel better than you ever thought possible. You won't be adjusting it during the day and you won't be counting the minutes until you can take the stupid thing off at the end of your day. In the Linda lesson, I shared why good bras are important from a clothing standpoint. A good fitting bra makes your clothes just look better, plain and simple. They even help your clothes fit better. I've had lots of women tell me button down shirts just don't work for them, but when I hike up their boobs in the fitting room to where they're supposed to be, the shirt fits just fine. And yes, working with me is a very handsy experience. But beyond the way your clothes look and fit, there are other reasons to invest time and money into really great bras too. First, comfort, especially for women with bigger breasts, although every woman is more comfortable in the right bra. But if you have been blessed in the chest, a good bra can help distribute the weight better and it can alleviate back, neck, and shoulder pain and even headaches. If you have bigger breasts, it is imperative that you are in a really good bra. Also, the farther your boobs are from your waist, the younger, taller, and slimmer you look. 
You know this show is not all about vanity, but so often I see women feeling bad about themselves, feeling frumpy, feeling old, and when they get a better bra, they instantly look like their whole body has been lifted, which in turn lifts their spirits. If your waist is well-defined, a good bra helps show off your curves. If your waist is not well-defined, a good bra will help create some curves. So if you're feeling a little frumpy, even though you've been buying clothes you love and buying clothes that you think fit, ask yourself if it's been a minute since your last professional fitting and start there. This can make a bigger difference than you ever thought possible. Finally, wearing the wrong size bra can affect your posture and put extra pressure on your ribs affecting your breathing. So basically what I'm saying is that finding the right bra is in fact a matter of life and death. Maybe not quite that serious, but it's important. Trust me. So as I was putting this episode together, it was a little bit hard for me to structure because some of the information I'm going to ask you to tuck away for later, and I'm also going to ask you to refer back to things that we've already talked about. So just bear with me and go with it. There wasn't like a first you learn this, then you learn this, then you learn that kind of thing. It all kind of relates. So just just work with me, ladies. The first thing I want to cover is parts of a bra. And I know right now you're thinking, Seriously, I know what cups are. Move on. But we're going to dig a little bit deeper. And I'm also going to give you some fit tips on each part. So don't fast forward through this section, even if you know what cups are. Let's start with the band. And I'm starting with the band because it's the most important part of your bra. You know that the band is the part that goes around your body. But did you know that the band should be providing 80 to 90% of the support for your boobs? That's a lot. One question that comes up all the time around bras is what to do about those shoulder grooves from straps. And nine times out of 10, these are women who are trying to support their girls from the top, hanging them from the top, rather than supporting them from down below. When we get to sizing, I'm going to talk about this more, but what I want you to file away now is that you need to focus on the band size first and not just worry about the cup size. Now we have the hooks. You know what those are. Bras can have two, three, four, five, six. When the band is wider, you have more hooks. When the band is wider, you have more support. Also, when the band is wider, there's a more smoothing effect and less of that dreaded back fat I was talking about. So if you are somebody who wants better support, you may want to look for a wider band. And always when you find more hooks, you have a wider band. What I want you to remember right now is when you buy a bra, it should fit you on the loosest hook, not the middle, not the tightest. I don't care what you've heard or read. It should fit you on the loosest hook. I will explain why later, maybe in the next episode. All right, next we have the straps. The straps are responsible for 10 to 20% of the support. Your strap should not be doing any of the heavy lifting. Actually, when I was a bra fitter, I would have women slide the straps off of their shoulders. And if their boobs didn't sag, I knew we had a pretty good band fit. On the straps, we have those little sliding adjusters. These little guys serve two purposes. First of all, to adjust strap length, obviously. The second is to adjust cup size. If your cup has a little bit of extra room, a little gap, just shorten the strap a little bit. If your cup is causing a little pillowing, just a little, let the strap out a little bit. This is for tiny adjustments. This is not for major bra overhauls. The sliders are not meant to lift the girls. Yes, this is what I have to do in fitting rooms in a pinch with my clients, but this is not a real life fix and that causes other problems. So don't use the sliders to get better bra lift. 
All right, next we have the cups. You know what cups are, but I want to touch on a few different styles. The first is unlined. It is what it says it is. It's the fabric of the bra and that's it. Second, we have lightly lined or molded cups. These are sort of different, but they're used interchangeably a lot online, which is what I was finding when I was putting together this episode. Technically lightly lined cups. It's a cup made by a few layers of fabric that should give you a little bit of shape and a little bit more coverage, while a molded cup is a contoured cup made by thin foam. The purpose of both of these is to give your breasts some shape, and in the case of the molded cup, like a t-shirt bra, to keep your headlights from flashing the high beams, if you know what I mean. Lightly lined bras may not provide that same level of nipple coverage, and you may have a little bit of show through. But what's important to know is that neither of these is a padded bra and they don't add volume to your cup size. So many women are afraid of these bras because they're afraid that their boobs are going to look bigger. They don't want to increase their cup size. They don't. They add shape, a little bit of lift. That's it. Finally, we have padded bras, which are now more commonly called push-up bras. These do add cup volume. They either have padding sewn in or pockets for removable padding called cookies that fill the bottom of the cup. Under the cup, you will find the underwire. The underwire of the bra goes underneath your breast to provide a little bit of support, but mostly lift and shape. A lot of women avoid underwires because they find them uncomfortable, but I'm willing to bet that most of those issues are actually due to bad fitting bras. Does this mean you have to wear an underwire? Nope, not at all. Wire-free bras have come a long way in terms of shape and support and style. In the end, you won't get the same breast shape, nice rounded breast shape as you would with a wire, but once you get a proper fitting, if you decide underwires are still not your jam, that is totally fine. There are a lot of good wire-free options out there. The last part of the bra I want to talk about is the center gore. That is the part between the cups. It's where that little tennis racket or little flower was sewn onto your first bra. You remember that one? And now it often features like a little round metal tag. I don't know why a lot of brands do that. The gore, when you have a properly fitted bra, should lay flat against your chest. If it is angled away from your body or digging into your sternum, chances are your bra doesn't fit. Now, there are some women whose shape makes it really difficult for a gore to lie completely flat, but those women are few and far between, and most often by switching bra style, we can get that gore to lay flat. Chances are you are not one of those women, and you can have that center part lay flat against your chest and not be painful. So that's the anatomy of your bra and a few things to know to help you find the one that fits well. But before we get further into fittings, I want to talk about sister sizing. And I'm going to link to a chart that explains it in the show notes if you're a visual person. This is a little challenging, but we're going to get through it together. This is where this week's Linda got it wrong. We have this idea that a D cup is a D cup and all D cups are created equal. In this conversation, I want you to think about cup sizes in terms of those like nesting measuring cups in your kitchen. Let's think about the one cup measuring cup, the biggest one, as a 38D. Let's think about the half size as a 38C, the third cup size as a 38B, and the quarter cup as a 38A. This certainly is not a perfect analogy, but just go with it. Now, most people, most women think that the one cup size, the one that we've called a 38D, that that is also a 40D and a 36D and a 32D. After all, it's a D cup, right? This is incorrect. 
The cup measurement is not a static measurement. It fluctuates based on the band size. A woman who wears a 32D does not have the same size breasts as a woman who wears a 38D. The volume of the cup in the 38D breast is is greater. So here's what sister sizing is. As the band size goes up, the cup letter goes down, but the volume remains the same. I know this is confusing. Let's think about our measuring cups for a minute. Let's think about that 38D measuring cup, right? The biggest, the one cup measurement in our nesting cup. That cup is also a 40C and a 42B and a 44A. Conversely, when a band size goes down, the cup size goes up when we're talking about the same volume. So our 38D measuring cup is also a 36E or double D, depending on the retailer, It's also a 34F and a 32G. That one measuring cup that holds one cup of water can represent seven or more cup sizes. You need to know the cup in relation to the band to get it right. Just saying you're a D cup means absolutely nothing. When you go to a mass retailer like that store in the mall with a secret that Linda went to, they often don't carry a wide variety of sizes. So here's what happened. When Linda went in, they found her a cup that fit, but it was attached to a band that did not. And considering how much support your band should provide, this is not a good thing. I'm sure you've heard the statistic that 85% of women are in the wrong bra size, right? In my travels, I've seen some women who were just way, way, way off. But more often, women are wearing a band size that's too big and a cup size that's too small. The cup actually fits their breasts pretty well but the cup and the band aren't working together to give the lift, support, comfort, all of that that you would get when those two measurements are working well. And while the cup volume might technically be accurate, like it was with Linda, unless both band and cup size are working together, you are definitely in the wrong bra. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be supportive. And you're not going to like the way you look in it very much. In a minute, we're going to talk about how to tell if you're in the wrong bra, but first let's discuss professional fittings. Everybody always wants to know, do I really have to go to a store and get naked with a stranger? First of all, there's usually no nudity involved. Professional fitters know how to be discreet and respect your space and your privacy. And if you really, really, really don't want to go to a store, you can technically measure yourself. There are plenty of tutorials on the internet, and I will link to the best video that I've seen that I think is actually the most helpful. With that said, though, it's hard. It's really hard. It's hard to know if the measuring tape is in the right spot or if you're pulling it too tight or not tight enough. So I really recommend letting someone who is paid to fit boobs properly fit your boobs. The other thing, not all bras and not all breasts are created equal. There are a lot of different breast shapes and placement on the chest that determine what kind of bra is going to work best for you, that's going to be most comfortable, that's going to give you the lift, the support, the shape, the comfort that you want. And while bra sizing is certainly more standard than clothing sizing, there is variation from brand to brand. Some run smaller, some run a little bit more generously, some have a higher cup, some have a lower cup. When you are with a fitter who also has access to lots of bras, you can guarantee you end up with the right one. 
Which begs the next question. Everyone always wants to know where to go for fittings. And a lot of that depends on your budget and what you have available to you. But the biggest thing is to go to a store that carries a good size range, like a 32A to a 44H. And while you may not need the extreme ends of that size range, the fact that they carry them makes it more likely that they'll carry the size you never thought you were until you went in there. Another great option, especially if you do fall outside of the standard size range, is a specialty retailer in your area, which Google should be able to help find for you. I'll link a couple of my favorite places to go um, in the show notes as well. Now, my other rules for fitting, you should be refit at least once per year or after a weight gain, weight loss of like 10 to 15 pounds or more, especially if you're someone whose chest size fluctuates a lot or when your bras become uncomfortable. When your bras are uncomfortable, it's time for a refit. There are also guidelines for bra fittings for nursing moms that I will talk about in the next episode when we talk about that. The last thing I want to cover today is signs that your bra doesn't fit you. The more of these you're experiencing, the more likely it is you're in a bad bra. Ready? Number one, your straps slide off. Sometimes you just need to tighten up the straps a little bit. It happens over time that they get a little looser. But the biggest reason for straps sliding up is that your band is too big. This causes two problems. Number one, the straps are set too far apart because the band is big, and so they don't stay on your shoulders as well. Second, when your band is too big, it rides up on your back, making the straps too long, and they fall down. Number two, your bra moves around a lot. You should be able to raise your arms above your head and not have your bra band move. If you find your bra shifting during the day, chances are, or whenever you raise your arm, chances are your band, again, is too big. Your band should be parallel to your waistband about halfway down your back. If your band is sneaking up in a V shape, it's too big. The number one reason that women don't want a more snug fitting bra And they always say, it's uncomfortable. I don't, uh, whatever. And then I say, come on, ladies, what's the real reason? They say back fat. Yes, that's the reason. Here's the thing about back fat, though. Back fat is just as often caused by a bra band that is too big and it's riding up and it's pushing that tissue up kind of underneath your arms in the back. It can cause back fat. So when a bra is way too tight, if your band is way too tight, yes, back fat, but also when your band is loose. So don't let that be a reason that you don't get a fitting. All right, number three, your underwire is poking you. Chances are this is a cup size issue. If your cup is too big, the wire will poke you in the armpit. If your cup is too small, the wire pokes you in the breast. Now, this can also be a band issue. If the band is too big, the underwire can be shifted forward, poking you in the boob. Or if your band is too tight, it can be pulled so that it digs in under your arm. Number four, and this is my favorite thing to see when I'm out and about, you have four boobs. This is not something a human woman should have. We are not made this way. This is a cup issue in that your cup is too small and you are spilling out of it. Your cup overfloweth, so to speak. Now, I know I said earlier that you can, you know, adjust your strap a little bit, use a little slider to let your cup out just a tiny bit. If you have four boobs, we are beyond that. This is just an actual cup size issue. All right. Conversely, number five, your cups are wrinkly and gappy. In an unlined bra, a cup that is too big will look bunchy and wrinkled. In a molded cup, there will be big gaps when you're sitting up straight. 
a good way to tell if your molded cup fits you is to poke the, the cup right at the top of your breast. If your boob moves, your cup fits. If your boob doesn't move and you're just poking air, your cup does not fit. Also, I wish I had a dollar for every woman poking herself in the boob right now. I can just envision it. And by the way, I'm I'm doing the same thing to myself. Anyway, with molded cups, when you bend over, all bets are off. There will be gaps because the bra stays the same shape, but your boob does not. There will absolutely be gaps if you are bending over. So you need to check this while standing or sitting straight up. All right. Number six, the gore of your bra doesn't lay flat. If the center of your bra is not laying against your skin, the most likely reason is that the cup is too small. Number seven, and finally, your bra hurts. There is a breaking in period for bras. They may not be so comfortable you don't notice them for a week or so, maybe two weeks, but if you've had your bra for a while and it is pinching, poking, rubbing, chafing, leaving terrible red marks on your skin at the end of the day, you need a different bra. While bras may never be the most comfortable items we wear, they shouldn't hurt. You do not have to live with that. All right, that's a great stopping point for today. I hope you found part one of our bra series informational and helpful. And I hope it gave you some hope that finding a comfortable bra might not be an unattainable goal after all. Your homework for the next two episodes, so basically you're going to have like four weeks to do this, is to go get a bra fitting if it's been a bit. Does doing it yourself count? Uh, I'd really, really like to see you visit a professional and find the right bra if you possibly can. I got an email last week with the subject line, who knew? And all the email said was, who knew the right bra could make such a difference? My response to her just said, me, I knew. So if you want to join the I Told You So Club, go get a fitting and then join us in the Everyday Style Lounge and tell us how it went. I promise you, you will be glad you did this one. That is it, everybody. I will see you Monday with Office Hours. And in our next full episode, we're going to be talking about building a, a great bra collection, taking care of your investment, and answering some of the bra questions that were asked in the Style Lounge. I am very much looking forward to it, and I hope you are too. Class is dismissed for today, but the conversation doesn't have to end here. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com for show notes, freebies, and a link to join my free Facebook community, the Everyday Style Lounge. And if the Everyday Style School podcast is helping you love getting dressed again, it would make my day if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it with your friends so women everywhere can have more fun with style. Thanks, style sister. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.